This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. So I'm going to look at some foundations, uh, particularly on the reaching the poor. Um, and some thoughts I've got on that, and my own, then I'll talk about my own call um, and, uh, and some lessons I've learned along the way, and then we're going to look at a, uh, a story from the Gospels um, to sort of ground it and, uh, and see what God wants to say to us personally uh, about tomorrow, the next day, and the day after. Um, so, so just some foundational thoughts. Um, I, I read um, Dave Devonish's book, um, which I can't remember the title of it now, but it was um, the one that talked about the, um, was, I think it was Multiplying or Succession, I think the book was called, something like that. And, and it chronicled basically the story from Terry leading New Frontiers through to the, the, the uh, spheres. Uh, in the book, um, he put this little throwaway line. This is, it says that we need uh, more uh, apostolically driven works amongst the poor. Um, and then didn't really qualify the statement. So I, so I emailed him to say, can we have a coffee? Because I want to know what you mean by that statement. Uh, apostolically uh, works amongst, driven works amongst the poor. Uh, and we had, a great, we, had a, we had a great coffee and it was a nice chat. Um, and, um, and really what he was getting at was, um, you know, uh, uh, that we need to see increasing works that are expressing the the merciful heart of god and the and justice uh from from our churches but they need to be grounded in an apostolic mission an apostolic um uh, sphere um and be driven apostolically in terms of um and the main point he was trying to make i think was that the gospel needs to be at the heart uh, of those works amongst the poor um and i I was really interested i i've been sort of involved in um uh, this sort of ministry for some time as you as most of you know um and a message that i've been sort of banging um for a while up and down the country in various locations uh is that i i've been feeling for some time that our churches need to learn something and begin to uh, look a little bit more like some of our projects and our projects need to learn something and look a bit more like our churches. Um, and sometimes we can have a church and we'll do the church over here uh, and we'll have a project over here. Um, and they're sort of connected, but disconnected. Um, uh, and um, I feel like some of the skills that projects uh, I've learned over the years need to be put into the context of church, but also um the the sort of the heart for the gospel and to bring glory to god at the center of our work to come into our projects is really important as well um obviously you know foundationally um you know I, i'm aware when i when i approach this sort of subject uh, with people like yourselves is that i'm aware that i have a particular call and a particular heart for the poor um and and uh, we've probably all been to seminars or meetings where somebody's got red in the face jumped up and down and basically try to persuade you that you've got the same call as they have um and that's not really my intention uh your call is your call and, and I'll, I'll you know encourage you to pursue that with all your heart um but it but it, it has to be said uh 
uh, and I think must be said and underlined. Um, and obviously, I think no one said it probably better than for those that are old enough uh, than the famous Simon Pettit talk uh, many years ago, um, that actually a, a work, work amongst the poor is an apostolic mandate. Um, he reminded us on that talk that uh, when uh, Paul uh, had been, uh, through his own eyewitness of Jesus um, and his own call had been made um, an apostle um, and sent particularly to the Gentiles, uh, he had this moment where he went to Jerusalem to basically, you know, check out, am, am, I, am I running in vain? Is, is my gospel the gospel? Um, and, uh, and of course, he received whatever the right hand of fellowship is, um and um uh and you know uh, out of everything um that they could have said um bearing in mind this was this was largely a jewish message that was going to the gentiles um lots could have been said about what he should do um the only thing that was mentioned um is that they care for the poor uh and so so therefore it's not it is a call of mine and it is a passion of mine and, and it is true that I would probably share that heart um, and, and that beats in me more than many of us, but, but nevertheless it is, a, it is an apostolic foundation and, and so therefore if we are to be apostolic and New Testament in our approach, uh, this has to hit us, this, this has to find a place in, in not only in our structures and organization but in our hearts uh, as leaders uh, in the church um, and and of course you know Jesus um, you know Jesus sort of um, I, I, I guess that that time in uh, when he read Isaiah um, 61 feels a little bit like Jesus declaring his mandate uh, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor um, you know, so so it, it's right there, and and Jesus modelled in his in his own uh, life and his own ministry um, a particular calling, a particular leading towards the poor. Uh, and as we look at the nature and the the personality of God, um, we see time and time again that he's particularly his attention is attracted um, to the poor. Um, so foundationally. We, we, we sort of can't not grapple with it. Uh, we, we've sort of, we, you know, we can't say, that's great. Good, good calling, Jim. Um, uh, all strength to your elbow. Uh, we can't really ignore it ourselves. And, and, and I know that we're not, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, that anybody in this room is. Um, but it just felt important to underline. This, this is not a niche. This is not a corner uh, kind of thing for the keenies. Uh, this is a thing that needs to impact the whole of the body of Christ, every every member. Um, so that's my sort of thoughts on on foundations, um, and uh, I want to sort of look at my own call for a minute. And what we'll do is I'll do my own call, and then some lessons I've learned along the way, and then we can pause if there's any questions, uh, and then we'll look at a story from the Gospels. Um, so my own call, uh, I, I've known for, for, for many years that God sent me to the poor. Um, and that started really with just not being able to get away from them, to be honest. Yeah. So, so wherever I went, um, somebody would find me 
uh, with addiction issues or homelessness issues or, or some other issue. And, and it just, do you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't something I thought, oh, I'm sent to the poor. It was everywhere I went, that's what I did. Um, I would even, you know, I'd find myself at, at you know, I remember the Brighton Conference. Uh, I'd be in one of the seats on the tiers, um, minding my own business, and, and the only drunk person in the room happened to sit by me. Um, and that's sort of, I guess, what sort of followed me um, for, for a number of years. And, um, and it's been a joy and a, and a privilege um, to do that. Um, pro probably my, my time, I, I was in Birmingham for a while. Um, uh, we, we were involved in helping uh, plant uh, Oasis Church um and um and so i was heavily involved in um helping set up the bridge project there um and we ran sort of outreach um meetings uh, for the poor um and that's probably the first time i was i was sort of organizationally involved in running works amongst the poor uh, i remember i was invited to go to to the sunday outreach meeting and i, and I said to josephine if I go to this, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get away from it. Uh, and I just felt this sense of if, if I open this this door, it's not, it's never gonna close. Um, and I did, and I went to it, and within probably a couple of months, I was leading it, um, and uh, and had a really good time doing so. Um, a really important um, moment for me in in this whole mission that God's called me to. And a strategic moment, actually, was when God spoke to me about the encounter camp. Um, so, so that um, many of you would have heard this, but the words, I was at, I was at a church weekend um, and uh, we, were, we had a worship time and, and, and I just felt the presence of God just come on me. And there's a, there's a weightiness, a good weightiness of the presence of God. Um, and in that moment, uh, I felt God say really clearly, gather people and I'll show you what I can do. Uh, and those were the words, but I knew that he meant the broken um, and the poor. Um, so I then sought to establish a strategy around that word, um, gather people and I'll show you what I can do. So we've tried to do that. We've tried to gather people and, and resist becoming experts Um on it because the whole the whole point is that is that god's there to show us what he can do not us to show god what we can do um and um and so that's the premise of of the camp we've been running that for i think i think this year might be a it's around 20 years we didn't actually make a note of when we started so the jury's out it's either it's either 19 or 20 years um yeah my wife's shaking her head it's not 20 but sorry oh wait a minute we could date it from our age of our children because Nia was a little baby and she's 19 so it's about 18 19 years um when we started it anyway um and, and through that um time we we've we've i guess we have learned some things uh what one of the things that we've learned is that the spirit of god is there uh, when, when you when you position yourself amongst the the, the poor uh, the spirit of God is there, um, and um, and so you know it's been a joy to watch God honor His word, and and every year show us what He can do, um, you know. And so we have seen 
some remarkable things. I, I always think the things that I go away with that are the most remarkable things for me are when I, when I witness really hard people. Uh, I mean, hard-hearted people become soft uh, through the grace of God. I, I find that's probably one of the most powerful things that we see there. Uh, we've also seen things like deaf ears open and, uh, and you know, broken backs healed and, and HIV healed and, uh, and various different things. And they've obviously been, they've been the great stories to tell. But if I'm honest, it's been the, the, the God breaking in with his grace um, in, into people's lives and, and giving, giving them a space to address the trauma in their lives that they've spent all of their life running away from. It's probably, if I had to summarise, that's what I enjoy about Encounter most, it's that. Um, and uh, so on the back of running Encounter for this length of time, we, we've developed a bit of a network of, um, of groups that come regularly to Encounter. Um, and on the back of that, uh, I've been invited to various contexts to speak into the whole issue of working uh, in church life amongst the poor. Um, and and a, a common question uh, that I found, particularly with larger churches that have a strong uh, work amongst the poor, the, the most common question I get asked is, how do you integrate these people into church life? Uh, because we've got this, we've got this thousand strong church over here and we've got this magnificent project that the council really love, uh, but these people aren't finding their way to here. Um, and, um, and, and the thing that I suppose I've learned, partly with the help of the guys in Manchester uh, and Colin, uh, you know, is, is that there's a place for starting a, a something else, a congregation, um, not, to, not to ever be exclusive, um, Jesus, Jesus's mission is to bring everything together under one head. Uh, do you know what I mean? So, so we are for unity and bringing different people groups together as one as one nation. Um, but I think that within that there is a place for no. Let's gather, let's gather people here um, and make a make a context that that person will feel particularly safe and secure and fed. So we started an encounter congregation and we've helped a number of other locations start similar congregations. Many of them have called them encounter, um, but um, not, all, not all of them. Um, uh, but we've sort of got, gained this little network. And so the thing that I feel God is putting in front of me increasingly um, is how now do I train leaders to plant churches or congregations amongst the poor and with the poor um and um and so we we i've identified so so when i was at the camp a couple of years ago um i, I was sort of feeling a bit frustrated uh feeling because i've been on a bit of a mission to plant congregations and churches for a few years and i've done a number of conferences on the subject and they've been well attended and people have really appreciated them uh, but I'm not aware of any churches planted on, on the back of them. And so I got a bit frustrated by it. And, uh, and, I, and I sort of found God's, I, I sort of was asking God, where, where are the leaders? Where are the leaders for this movement of church planting that I feel that you're calling me to? Uh, and I just felt God say, look behind you. Uh, and there's about 200 people jumping uh, uh, in, in the house. 
and uh, and so and so I, I've sort of adjusted my focus a little bit away from uh, putting a message out there. Who wants to come and learn how to minister to the poor? To how do I now mobilise the poor and train people from within that group to become leaders uh, to lead churches within their own peers uh, and their own communities? Um, and, and I've and I've sort of I've learnt a fair bit through our friend Emmanuel in Uganda. Um, you, you know, I've just actually read his book. I've, I've been away for these last couple of days, and I've just read his book, which I highly recommend. Um, but it's just a thrill, really. To, I, I was always involved right at the beginning of that of that movement, and right at the beginning, he started gathering leaders and for training. And at the time, it looked a bit ridiculous uh, because they, what what was he training them for? But of course, it was a, it was God's wisdom, um, and now many churches have been planted. But his, but the, the the thing that he's never taken his eye off is training leaders and mobilizing them to plant. Um, and so that's what I'm looking to do. I, I've tried to identify um, the the sort of pillars, um, the DNA kind of um, foundations for what the camp is and what the call of God in my life is. Um, and I've identified five things um, that I think uh, they're not exhaustive like New Testament foundations, but they're 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 sort of our pillars, the things that God's taught us. Um, and I'll go through them really quickly. Um, the first three are from Isaiah 61. Um, and uh, it's, it's simply that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on us. Um, and, and that we cannot approach this ministry without a, um, not, just, not just an emphasis, but, but a centrality of the supernatural being led by the spirit, doing what the spirit's telling us to do rather than what we think, rather than asking him to bless what we think he should do um and so yeah um seeking to um continually build structure um around the presence of god and the leading of the holy spirit i think is really key for us um second thing is to preach good news to the poor um uh, that that he sent us particularly to the poor and therefore that's what we should honor and do um but there is a context there is a message to preach there is something to say uh, we're not just called to the poor we're not just called to give food clothes we are called to do those things but there is a there is a preach um, there is something to declare uh, obviously the good news of jesus uh, to the poor and and to build it around that message and and a passion and a commitment to make disciples um is is really key and really important um, and the third thing from Isaiah 61 is, is what they become. They become oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord um, to display God's splendor. Um, and if I'm honest, I, I, you, you know, um, the encounter camp is, is like my, my sort of high point of a year where I see God displaying his splendor <laughs> because uh, I, I witness him changing lives um, that that society will say they're unchangeable. Uh, it can't be done. They won't change. A leper doesn't change his spots. Those sorts of things. Whereas, whereas God's splendor is revealed when, when someone that is so broken uh, becomes whole. 
Um, so those are the first three. And then the, the second two are from other scriptures uh, uh, in, in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 23 and 24. Uh, it's, it's when he's talking about the body of Christ, each playing its part. And there's, a, there's that little bit in there that you could, you could miss, but it talks about the, the parts of the body that are seen to be less honourable are treated with the most honour. Um, uh, and so we, we've got a really, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's sort of an accidental culture uh, that we've stumbled across at the camp. Um, you know, it is, is that for some of these guys, it's, it's a one shot in the year where, where they won't be laughed at. They won't be, they won't be put down. They, they get the microphone like everybody else gets the microphone. They get the front seat like everybody else gets the front seat. Um, do you know what I mean? And and I think and I think I, I feel I feel really provoked by this, and I feel quite passionate about the seat of honor um, and and who we give who we give honor to. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled with standing up and clapping for someone speaking, uh, and and those that's that level of honor. Um, but nothing like as thrilled as I am when when somebody that's really dirty, smelly. Uh, that that you know you 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 know you're in your in your natural you want to avoid um, gets gets treated with such grace and honour um, and 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 they walk out of the room feeling like you know these people value me you, you know highly um, so that's a it's been a really important thing for us and and there are people that come that may never change they may never they might have learning difficulties. Or, or, you know, they might have severe mental health issues or trauma in their lives. And, and some of them God will change and transform and it will be miraculous. And some he won't, um, uh, you know, uh, and we, we want to honour those that do and that don't uh, change. Uh, and I remember some time ago I had revelation on this that, that I felt like, I think someone spoke to me and said, you don't really like me very much, do you, Jim? Um, because that's the one thing with working amongst the poor is they 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 don't dress anything up and they say it as, as it is. Uh, and I said, What makes you say that? Uh, and uh, well, I keep letting you down, uh, I keep failing, keep letting you down. Uh, and I thought, you know what, my my zeal and passion to see lives transformed was beginning to look like I don't honor you, I don't, I don't, I don't honor the person that you are. Um, and I always think of a lady that's actually passed away now, but a lady that was part of our church, uh, she was horrendously addicted to drugs and had you know, little glimmers of, of, of breakthrough, but they were only little glimmers. She had an eating disorder. She barely ate. How she lived as long as she did is, is somewhat miraculous. But I always think of her. She was, she was a really honoured, valued member of our church, and we love her. And, and I miss her. She died uh, a few years ago and, and I miss her, um, she, you know, because she was part of our body. She was part of us. Um, and it would be very easy. She didn't always feel valued because she didn't value herself. Um, but she never doubted that. She never really doubted that we loved her and were for her. So, so seat of honour for the, those that appear to be least honourable. Um, and then the last one um, is... Um, there's a scripture in Thessalonians uh, that talks, um, as Paul saying that, uh, it, uh, encouraging them to warn the idle, encourage the timid, and help the weak. 
Um, and I found that's a really helpful framework for a community amongst the poor. Um, you know, we cannot shy away from telling someone they're lazy and need to get off their butts. We can't, we can't, we can't shy away from the big, strong conversations. If you're a parent, you, we know we've got to have those tough conversations with our kids uh, at times. And it's the same in this context. We've got to be able to, I remember chatting, but this is another guy that we've actually did a funeral for um, a year or so ago, but I remember sitting on the steps outside our church building with him some time ago. Uh, and he, and he gave me a whole long sob story about how he can't change and he wants to escape this life. And, and I just looked at him and I said, I said, Ben, you really don't want to, do you? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you like it. You like your life. Um, and, and, you know, I said, I said you, you, you know, I've offered you lots of solutions. You know, uh, we have a farm project. You can come and work on this farm. We can, we, we, I, I can tomorrow introduce you to people that will uh, put you on a track to housing and a job. Um, and you've refused. Um, you don't want to do it. Uh, and he looked at me and he said, yeah. I think you're right. And I think we've got to sometimes have those tough conversations. Do you know what I mean? Um, let's be real. Uh, but then, but then there's, there's another group of people, and sometimes there's a crossover as well, but there's another group of people that if they're just believed in um, and, and over a period of time, and this could be years, um, they are, they're, they're, they're timid and they just need to be believed in uh, and they'll fly. Uh, you know, we, we've got a guy... That, that I've been discipling for about seven or eight years. Um, he's, a, he's, he's, he's served a life sentence in prison. Uh, he's still on a license, will be for the rest of his life. Um, and, um, you know, he, he just needed, believe, he needed someone to believe in him. And I've walked with him for about eight years, believing in him. That's basically what I've done. You know, I could, I could say all sorts of things I've said over that time, but the consistent thing I've done is believed in him. Um, and he's thriving. He's he's pretty much leading our congregation on a, on a Sunday night, um, uh, and is gathering people. He started his own outreach uh, meeting on a on a Friday night, uh, which is just magnificent. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's chaos and it's crazy. It's like a youth club for grown ups, for for dodgy grown ups. Um, but good fun. Um, but we believed in him. And then and then there are people that are weak. Um, and they may, they, like the lady I was just referring to, they may never change. Uh, they, might have, they might have learning difficulties. They might have all, all sorts of other things. And this side of glory, uh, they might be weak. Uh, and, and I want us to build communities where those people uh, are supported and loved and cared for. Um, so so those, are, those are some sort of, you know, if we plant encounter congregations, which is what I'm asking God for the grace to do, those are the foundations uh, that they'll be planted on. Um, and I'll just rattle through some lessons. I don't know how we're doing on time. Um, what time do we finish, Tim? 11. 11. Wow. Okay. Time's got going, isn't it? Um, let, me just, let me just rattle through some quick things that I've learned along the way. Um, first one is um, you, you, um, you can't lead people into stuff you're not prepared to do. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. You know, we, this isn't something we can um, theorize about. 
and 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 come up with a, a you know guys i want you guys to do this and, and we church leaders are quite good at that um you know getting frustrated with people not doing stuff that we're also not doing uh, i'll leave it at that um jesus um jesus is a savior and i'm not i have to keep learning that um you know my, my job is to is to introduce them to him um and not fix all their problems uh and that's been a, that's been a you know I, I i obviously have tendencies because i because of the the heart of mercy that god's put in me i want to fix people all the time uh when i've learned that jesus is the fixer uh, apart from this other guy that richard was referring to um uh we uh we, we must attend to our own hearts um you, you know particular i guess it's particularly doing this kind of work but any ministry um you, you know i i think i think i've discovered that when i'm stressed i'm the last person to know it um uh, and uh you know and but you can ask people around me and they'll say oh yeah jim's really stressed at the moment and it's because i'm being a bit short a bit grumpy um uh, and uh, and it's really important it's one of the things i looked at a lot during my sabbatical um is how do i really attend to my my own heart uh, and the thing that i found surprising i thought i'd never be this kind of person but i've taken to journaling um and uh, i found it a really helpful way of me knowing what's going on inside um you fight you've got to find our own means but i think it's really important um where are we um the need can't be the only driver uh we we can get we can get so drawn by the need uh, and the need will always be bigger than our capacity um so we have to understand the need uh but understand really well what our capacity is too so that we match the two uh when we work within our capacity and not beyond it um we can't minister on empty sort of saying the same thing really um the holy spirit holy spirit's conviction is a lot better than my uh, attempts to persuade someone to change um and and the, the temptation and often the pressure from others to tell someone to sort their life out um is quite high um but i found being patient and letting the holy spirit do his work as well as having the strong conversations at the right time in the right place um but the Holy Spirit does it so much better than I do. Um, and uh, if we, and this is the final thing that, that um, I want to say, and then we'll, we'll open up some questions. Um, if we want to reach a particular community, uh, this is one of the things, a theory of mine, and you can disagree if you like, but if we want to reach a particular community for Jesus, there has to be a route for that, those people into leadership. And if they don't see it, they won't they won't we won't reach that community does that make sense um so those are some lessons i've learned uh, a little bit about about my call i just thought be, we could have like a, if there's one or two questions um just to mix it up and then i'll, I'll look at a scripture quickly uh, i'm and i thought this when i heard you speak of the catalyst thing a few years ago you talked about uh, you just said if you want to see miracles go work with the poor <laughs> which i i just remember it i think that's the thing i remember most of that day actually it was just very profound um and so i i just wondered how um yeah how that works for you so how it feels different for example 
if you are praying for someone or for something with those that are poor uh, and when you're doing the same thing for those that aren't poor have you noticed a difference in it um i think i think the you know jesus couldn't do many miracles uh, in his hometown and and i mean he did some <laughs> he, he, he did you know still better than our levels um but he couldn't do many miracles in his hometown and, and the difference was the, the lack of faith and so um it's faith that brings about miracles isn't it it's faith that brings about god's act, activation and those that have been forgiven much love much and so, and so I, I think I think there is a sweet spot of um, w- when you have a community where where a reasonable number of people have been rescued from real pain and despair, um, and that are they they know that they're only where they are because of God. Um, I, I, I think that that activates a communal faith. Um, that is hard to achieve without it. So that would be one thing I'd say. Um, but also, those, those you, you know, I, I guess it puts us up, the, 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 the sort of heart for the poor puts us on the front foot for outreach. Um, you know, so, so that, you know, the, the, um, the, the uh, armour of God, the, the feet, it's interesting, the feet... The feet weren't fitted with the gospel. The feet were fitted with readiness. Um, that comes from the gospel of peace. Um, and so I think I, I think one of the reasons why those that work amongst the poor get to see quite a lot of things is that they, by its very nature, really, it, you know, we're looking outside of the church rather than inside, mostly or often. Um, and I think there's a, there's a key there. So, so you know, I, I think I, I, I made a note of most places I speak at. I don't I don't get invited loads places, but if I do, I always now ask ask um, for a show of hands who's been a Christian for less than ten years. Uh, and it's a bit of a shocker how few hands go up in most places. Um, and so and so I think I think being amongst the broken, being amongst those that don't know Jesus does release miraculous and a, and a, and a readiness with the gospel. Anyway. Very good. Another quick question or? First one about leadership. Um, one of the things you've alluded to a couple of times is raising up leaders from the people you're working with. Um, and you talked about there has to be a pathway into leadership. Uh, a lot of leadership pathways in our churches are quite well defined. It's things that people do and then the next thing and different investment they get. What are some of the things you found helpful in carving out pathways that work particularly well to bring people through from poorer congregations? Right. Yeah, I, I, probably the biggest thing is having a congregation called Encounter um, had provided a context for people to minister, um, and I, and I don't know that this is right or good, but it's just it, it probably it's the way it is, and I don't think it's unique to us. Um, there are people that do that do talks at Encounter. We probably we'd struggle to get away with them doing talks in in the the, the main gatherings uh, because 
um, there's probably a higher expectation of it being neat. Um, you know, whether that's that that may not be good, there's a higher expectation of it being neat, I don't know. Um, but simply that we have another congregation. Um, and 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 actually, you know, so when when my friend Darren speaks um on and and he's speaking to his people. Do, do you know what I mean? And so and so um he's he's at ease and they're at ease. Um, so I think having a context really helps um, for, the, for bringing through leaders. Uh, the other thing I'd say is, um, I mean, it's Jesus's model. It's, it's, it's discipleship and it takes time. And, and I think, um, you know, there's, there's, I mean, there's two guys that I'm working with, one I've just referred to and, and another guy, you know, and they, they were a mess when I first met them. One was a crack cocaine addict um the, the other one uh, as i say was out of, out of prison with all sorts of fairly significant anger and violence issues um and um you know over over the last sort of eight to ten years I, i've done a lot of refereeing their lives i've got involved in all sorts of messes that they've found themselves in and i've been i've been the consistent uh part of their lives over time so so i think i think unfortunately it's messy and it takes a long time. It's not, do you know what I mean? We, we, want, think, we want the track to be quick, um, but it isn't. I, don't, I just don't think it is. Um, you, you know, we, we, we probably do, we, we're used to a very neat kind of looking church uh, and we, we've got to find a way to be less neat. We, 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 uh, by that, I mean, we've got to find a way for, for new people, fresh converts, um to to really get involved and, and stir things up amongst us so that works amongst the poor but also i think in terms of you know if if there are a few hands raised when we ask for those being christians for less than 10 years then we, we, we've got to fix that somehow um so so in terms of the track through to leadership um i think if they don't see anybody doing things at the front of a gathering that is like them ultimately they won't fully invest with you i don't think and and and, and that's the thing that people have learned within reaching um afro-caribbeans other cultures um you know i mean when when we've we're, you know Worcester's fairly white uh, we've got quite a growing um nigerian contingency at hope and that's really come partly over just being patient over time but also it's 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 the momentum of that has significantly risen since we've had one of our Nigerians regularly leading services. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, I think it's, I, I have one more question. Um, so you talked about your own calling, which I thought was very good. And, but also apostolic foundation in that we're all kind of compelled to do this. Um, but for those of us perhaps who don't feel your level of calling, uh, uh, kind of idiot scout what you say to the average pastor okay you don't feel the calling that i feel what but put these things into your life or or look at the world in this way or make these adjustments um does that make sense yeah well let me for the, for the sake of time we're not going to manage to get the groups i'm sorry that i've rattled on for longer than i thought i was going to but but um the scripture i was going to look at is jesus uh, with the samaritan woman at the well and, and i'm guessing most of us know the story pretty well um she, you know that that 
you know, the face value of that story is that Jesus sat in a well and was thirsty. Um, so, it, so we don't know. Of course, he might have seen ahead of time that he was going to meet this woman and, and and all of that. But he basically sat at a well and asked someone for a drink. You know, um, and and on the back of that came this opportunity. Um, and and not only did that woman hear the gospel, but Samaria heard the gospel. Um, and I think there's a really some really helpful lessons for us to pick up from that story. Um, you know, and, and, and I think all of us need to need to um, like passionately guard our lives to have the levels of freedom where we can sit at a well or whatever the equivalent is and God to do something in those contexts. So I, I would say, are you what, you know, I, as, as a church leader with, with or without a call to the poor, is there space in your life to have normal interactions with people that are struggling? Do I mean? And 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 I and I think you know you're not going to set up a you know we've got houses we've got a farm project we've got an encounter camp you're not going to do those things because you're not necessarily called to do those things, but you are called to sit in your town on a bench and see what God can do. Mm. Do I mean? And 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 we, we, our mindsets are so geared towards strategy like we want to reach the poor so what's the strategy um jesus didn't seem to do that he asked a woman for a drink um you know and 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 um he broke some taboos he i mean i mean there's loads in the story that we if i didn't spout on for as long we could have looked at um but um that's my strongest thing that i'd encourage church leaders to do if to, to grow this because you're not going to you're not going to grow this in your church you, without you doing something without you putting yourself in harm's way <laughs> in in some way do you know what I mean uh, you know spend some time with a smelly person um and and and, and just you, you know I don't know how many times Jesus sat in a well where that didn't happen um but you know I sit at a bench you know the weather's warming up a bit soon make make it a weekly practice to spend two hours on a bench and and, and either either enjoy don't get your phone out your pocket um do you know what I mean don't do anything other than sit on a bench and watch the world go by and, and ask God for an opportunity to share his heart with someone that needs it mm-hmm.